Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on? It's episode 234. It's Collider Heroes. I'm John Schnapp. What is going on? It's Monday. It's an exciting crew. Check out this crew. Who's here? It's Robert Meyer Burnett, Jason Inman, and of course, Amy Dallin. What's going on, everybody? Well, you know, John, I have to thank you. Hey. Uh, this week marks my third anniversary on this show. Congratulations. Hey. Uh, I want to I thank you for keeping me on here. I, I started on episode six. Has he gotten you a ring yet? No, mm. no. A, I wanted a, a we, flight we, ring. The heroes' rings go out to everyone at the end of this year. It's okay. Special. Am I getting a no prize? <laughs> yes, you. You already got a no prize. I get so a no like, prize. Yeah. So thanks for being a, a big con- contribution to heroes. I, I, everybody I, I loves you here. Can't. Uh, I can't thank you enough. It's been a great honor and serving with all of you lovely people as well. That's right. It's an honor just to be at this table with any of you. Hey, we like even though to he's bring the swag. Well, very important. That's right. We're, yeah. You know what? Let's, Rokas had to move on. I think we should believe, listen to the man behind the curtains and get into the countdown to Avengers Infinity War. That's right. How many days is it left until we're saying Too many. Like, too many days. That's right. Too many days. It's pretty much less than two weeks before our butts are in the theater watching a three-hour superhero phantasmagoria of awesomeness. So I, uh, you know... Uh, I, I'm at a loss. Uh, they keep releasing stuff where you're like, can you just stop releasing stuff? Because I'm going to see the movie, <laughs> but now I can't. I have to watch it. So, of course, I watch this one-minute chanting commercial. I don't know what you, you want to call it, but it's mm-hmm. like literally they about halfway through after they show, of course, we know Steve Rogers is going to hang out with Bucky, but now we know that they end up meeting up in Wakanda. Because, hey, what's up? And you get the little intro scene. Um, that sold like another 1,000 tickets. But Wakanda. So they got this chant. That's, is it a battle cry? You had a theory on it, Robert. Well, it's like a, a, a Maori haka. You know, they, 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 have, they do. They have a battle cry. They do a thing. It's, right. it's, like, it's like a blessing and a battle cry. And, they, you know, they do it in front of, like, if you watch the all-black games, uh, mm-hmm. the, the rugby team, that they do it 
you know, they have yeah, the Maori class. tribe. They have this very cool, like, kind of, you know, yeah, the, the Maoris. And and, and Dwayne Johnson has done it before because he's a South South Islander, right? You know, and and, and uh, maybe that's what they're doing. They're the Wakandan version of a haka. But it's like sort of like get ready to kick some ass. Yeah, get ready to kick hey, some ass, right? It's smart marketing, especially now that Black Panther is the third highest grossing movie of all time. I now. know, right? Oh um, it, it, it's very similar to what Justice League did after Wonder Woman was successful. Every ad after that was start started with Wonder Woman. Sure, yep. and this is like. You know, couching us around Black Panther. Um, the thing that I think is so smart. We're yeah, two weeks away yeah. from this movie, three weeks away from this movie. We've only seen scenes of New York, mm-hmm. scenes of Wakanda, and weird scenes of maybe Titan. Right. And they're all the same scene, and they're they all extensions. Keep... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. We, I, I feel we've seen very little of this movie. Good, which is awesome. That's yes. very good because yep. yeah, I mean we've only waited all our lives to see this, so why not wait a little bit longer? Like little tidbits, like a drip dry. What do you think? It is fantastic. They, they're obviously the risk associated with uh, the like all out Wakanda Blitz is that people could end up disappointed when inevitably this being a movie that was written op- over the last several years and put together, it's probably not ninety five percent Wakanda. Uh, right. But I think. I think that they're going to pull off that balance here where, like, we, we all do know that. We're just very excited to see them again. And it, it makes us feel like we're glad that they know that we're excited about that stuff they did. Because um, it, it's always nice to know, like, oh, you know what's working. I felt the same way mm-hmm. when, they, when all the Justice League stuff started being Wonder Woman-centric. I was like, well done. Yep. Uh, you have correctly watched that movie you just put out. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I'm, uh, the trailer was great, the little jokes. I hope that there is... I hope they're not firing absolutely everything that they've got uh, right. on that so that we still get some surprises. But like our, that little glimpse of Shuri was obviously fantastic. It and feels, I love I mean, how little I know. Cap dies yet. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. I love, Spoilers. I love how little we know too. But what I thought was really cool about this new trailer is when Okoye says, when you said you were going to open Wakanda's borders, which is a, a direct plot reference to the end of Black Panther. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it again speaks to how well planned out these films are. And, and you're like... What I love is that there's this Black Panther trilogy now. You started out in Civil mm-hmm. War, you moved into Black Panther, and now whoever got a sequel to a movie within two months? <laughs> right. I mean, the Matrix uh, sequels came Years. out six months yeah, exactly. each other. Yeah. But it was like, this is like literally two months. I mean, Black Panther is still in the theater. You can actually go see yeah. Black Panther and then go see Infinity War. That is probably. my intention. I'm hoping <laughs> I hope, keep yeah. it around. I hope yeah. it's still, it's uh, literally two more weeks. It's just made $8 million this weekend. It's like number f- four. It's, it's still crushing it. The greatest so. thing you were talking about getting this cool Black Panther sequel is that, uh, fun fact, the actors in Black Panther stopped production on Black Panther and then immediately started Avengers Infinity War. Right. They've said that there was no break for them. Oh, so yes. there's going to be no weird character, you know, right. modes. You know, like the scenes, are, like even the sets were the same from Black Panther. Right. Yeah. I mean, who gets to do that? Smart yeah. people. I mean, that's how. But, <laughs> Smart people but making is, movies who know how to make movies. Smart that's people. franchise building. Yeah. That's how you do it. Well, I look at this poster, and it's still hard to believe that that's real. I mean, it's literally, <laughs> you know, having read comics my entire life, I got used to those kinds of things, a like contest of champions. Like, <laughs> all the characters are together in this, or Secret Wars. But to see this kind of thing in real life in the, in the movies is pretty fantastic. So I know as we get paid by Marvel, uh, we pay, get paid a lot by Marvel. <laughs> I've been uh, paid so many yeah, dollars So many croutons. So many do- that I get free Marvel hot What can you buy with your Marvel dollars? Yeah. Uh, no prizes. Yeah. Oh, but no yes. prizes. And then the value stamps that I cut yep. out and then eat and they turn into nothing. Yep. Those yep. are amazing. Yep. But, yep. And pogs. Uh, yes. <laughs> pogs are good. 
What about Hawkeye? Let's talk about Hawkeye. He's missing from this big picture. He's missing for Jeremy Renner's name is not in the credits as far as the posters. And we've, uh, you know, up until just the last three or four months, none of us had any idea that Hawkeye would not be represented in the Avengers Infinity War. We all just kind of, there were behind the scenes promotional pictures of him as, oh, he's playing in Ronin or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's just gone. Literally, like, he was never there. What's going on with Hawkeye? What are your thoughts? And will he be revealed to be a Skrull? Is he a secret agent? Is he dead in the first five minutes? Or is he just, are they saving him on a secret mission for Avengers 4? What do you think? Well, they have to be saving him for something. Because, like, pulling a Skrull reveal, that would not, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are sort of ruled out by, like, you don't hide him if he's a huge plot point in that way. Like, you need to remind people that he exists if you want them to be sad that he's not there. Um, on the other hand, if you kind of want them to forget he's there so he can come in and do something crazy and heroic, then that looks more like this to me. Uh, but I don't know if that heroic thing is in this movie or the next one. Right. Uh, so it's, it's a really interesting thing because we do. We have five out of six Avengers, uh, and that is strange. I, I've been pretty forgiving of it uh, in most of the marketing because it's like, well, they have a lot of people to focus on. But right. at this point, it is like, okay, it's clearly a deliberate thing. Right. They're saving him for something. None of us are crying about Ant-Man and the Wasp not being in here because they're not there either, and mm-hmm. they're not in the promotional materials. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard people whining and crying about Paul Rudd. Man, where's Paul Rudd? Like Everyone's like crying about Hawkeye. What do you think? I think it's one of two things. I think he either is not in the movie until close to the climax. And he's essential to the climax, essential to setting up Avengers 4. And they're holding that back as much because there were those pictures of him as Ronan mm. that leaked. So it's something like that. <clears throat> or it's exactly like you mentioned, and he's just in the movie, and he's just the character they decided to leave off the poster along with Ant-Man, specifically because Marvel is sort of smart, and they decided, like, you know what? All those nerds in the internet, they're going to talk about this for days. Right. <laughs> they just gave us three extra shows. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think it also has something to do with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Doesn't Ant-Man and the Wasp take place concurrently today? Or it takes place just before Infinity War. It's like in between Civil War and Infinity War is the so, so I think Hawkeye's somehow involved. Some something's happening. I mean, it's not oh, like you think have, he, could be, he could be in that movie. I think he's oh. in that movie. I think he's in I think whatever happens in Ant Man and the Wasp carries over into Avengers Four. Right. Uh, something whether they're lost in the microverse or whatever happens, you know, and I think that that uh they're going to be they're gonna come out at a time when they're needed. Well, it's interesting because Ant-Man and the Wasp is happening in between Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4, whatever it's going to be called. And the only other movie dropping is Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to imagine that they're not going to try to do some kind of, which they do in all of their films, whether it's an end credit scene or a middle of the, there's some kind of connective and that, fabric. And that's led to the giant theories that Avengers 4 is secret invasion because Captain Marvel has said that it's going to introduce the scrolls. Yeah. Again, I don't know. This is a cool thing. Like Avengers 4 is next year. Yes. They've They've already shot it, and we have no idea. I have a feeling that we're going to get the Avengers 4 title either at San Diego or we'll get it right after Infinity War opens. I think right after the the final screen will return in. You're you're probably right. It's probably the final. The Avengers will return in. Bang. And people are going to freak out. Yep. And all of us on here are going to be like, told you it was secret. Yep, they're going to freak out when it's Avengers Contest of Champions. What? What? No. Avengers Avengers Breakfast of Champions. What? Yeah. I, I still am pulling Kurt for Vonnegut's Avengers Disassembled. I, I, that's my prediction, too. I think Avengers Disassembled is what the title is. That's too much of yep. a bummer title. I will bet you five croutons right now. Five Marvel croutons, because that's what we're paid in. Yep. Five Marvel croutons that it is, is Secret Invasion. 
Well, it probably is. I mean, if it's but Captain you don't Marvel, take you're saying I'll take you guys that are on disassembled. No, no, I'll take I, that you know, I, I think I think that secret Five invasion. Here's here's my problem with secret invasion. Right, we've seen an invasion before. Right, but now, has it been secret? Unless right, but unless they're going to take all these characters and say that they're not the people that you've loved. Right, I don't think they're going to do but that. But how do you know? Especially they're not especially as the goodbye to several of yes. these characters. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah. well. But or could it be a hello to several of these? Sure, characters? you don't it know. Could be like, hey, we didn't kill him. We just kept him in Earth X or whatever, like somewhere. Yeah. The internet Future they world. come off the, yeah. the plane. Like, or maybe that's where Ant Man's gone to find them. Hmm. Yeah, and the you internet know. would love you to believe that Secret Invasion, of course, is going to be how they're going to recast all these parts. But I don't yeah, think no, they're going to do. I don't, I don't think, think they're so. recasting anybody. Plus, it invalidates the the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you don't want to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's going to be one or two people are going to be scrolls, and it's like that won't invalidate anything. It'll be more like, oh my god, kind of moment, and yeah. it'll all tie in. They've placed little Easter eggs through the last like six or seven movies that will be like, this is our you know hint number one. Hint. So we don't know what the hints are until we find out. So I just don't think it's. Big enough. You're talking about Thanos, and if he snaps his fingers, mm-hmm. there's got to be something. The supreme intelligence. He shows well, up. I have seen it's a, time travel yeah. and it's king. I yeah. don't know. Well, it's a wild I've seen lefter. another theory that uh, Comic Book Resources is now making the prediction that they think it's Avengers Annihilation. But for oh. me, with Annihilus and the Annihilation Wave, you know that big Marvel cosmic story. Sure. But for me, I don't know if I want to see that after Thanos, but if you know the Marvel comic storyline Annihilation, right. Thanos sort of becomes a good guy and teams up with the heroes to right. stop the wave, which would sort of be a twist of, but I don't know if I want to see Alien Invasion, Alien Invasion. But yeah. just to yeah. be party pooper, is, isn't the negative zone and Annihilus, aren't they all tied up with Fantastic Four? Unless they made a trade like they did with the Watchers. Yeah. Or just get it yeah. together and give me the Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, I, I just don't think Secret Wars it, 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 or uh, uh, Secret Invasion is the way to go. I, but I, if you don't want to go alien, alien, uh, alien domestic conspiracy, you would feel would be too repetitive of Winter Soldier. Then what are you pitching for the third? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I want to see more of if, if Thanos destroys reality mm-hmm. or something. And the Avengers disassembled story, you know, had Wanda go crazy, and you're you're dealing with not House of M. Obviously, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. But if there's something to do with reality being put back together, there's mm. got to be some kind of massive cosmic. I just think that Secret Invasion is too small of a story. Like we're we're dealing with, and they've said it's not a direct continuation; that it's somehow different. I don't think that the end of at the end of the Thanos story that secret secret invasion would be kind of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. See, I disagree entirely. I think the word secret invasion might not be connotating the storyline. They've expanded the universe. They've got the Guardians. They've got Nova. They've got all of these giant cosmic characters by introducing the scrolls, which they we already know they are doing that in the fourth yeah. film. We know that that is that is something that's been mm-hmm. said and that's being done. So the scrolls are happening. In Avengers Four, I don't think they're going to introduce the scrolls. If not at the end of a you know a secret reveal, could be one of the post credit scenes when mm. somebody reveals like Hail Hydra. I mean, Hydra's already been shown to have taken over Shield. What took over Hydra? There's all these things that could tie That's in. True. Sure, that I think it's like you keep the Earth fabric and you open it up to the cosmic universe. Secret invasion could be about a secret invasion of some other galaxy, I not st- even Earth. And so. I still love that we just don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. I, I haven't felt. It's weird. I haven't felt. I'm the excitement level that I have for Avengers Four and just not knowing anything about yeah. it. 
is about where I felt before episode one of Star Wars. Mm. Like, because, you know, you just saw that first little teaser, yeah. and you were just like, wait a minute, who are these creatures? What's right. this guy? What, Liam Neeson? Darth Maul. Like, what? Yeah. Like, like I, you were just like, how does that fit with the... Like, like I haven't been this excited about or known so less about a movie and been so excited uh, since Star That's Wars That's a real mixed yeah. blessing of a memory to well, call I'm into not, question not, for this I'm, because I right. remember that excitement. But this will not be The Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah, yeah. So. But and I'm not comparing the Avengers to the prequels. Just relax, internet. <laughs> but what you just said is is part of the genius and part of the fun of all of this. What, what have, there's all these cynical people talking about, oh, the MCU. Blah. The fact that they've done this, mm-hmm. it's, this calcul- it's so unbelievable. In this day and age, crazy. When there's trailers a year in advance or whatever, no one knows. And the marketing, the mm-hmm. fact that they've only been using the same little scenes and, ooh, here's an extra dialogue exchange that's right. literally From less the than same five scene. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Here they you are know, chanting after you've seen them in this lineup yep. since for months we've seen that scene of them all standing mm-hmm. at Wakanda with some weird force field. Or it's something. just so, it, it, and what it delights me to to no end to know that this can still happen as a middle-aged sweaty i can still sit there and you know quiver at night <laughs> in my bed going when's when can i see infinity war when can i see it and i cannot wait right? i've never felt mm-hmm. such excitement for a movie and i don't remember when yeah i yeah. honestly don't yeah. i think you might be right i mean everybody was excited for phantom Menace. everybody yeah. was remember everybody. that trailer when when they come out riding the, the gungans yeah the gungans yeah, come, come out in, from the fog mm-hmm. right that, I, That's I, the first teaser. I yeah. lost my stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like everybody oh. did. Everyone did. Yeah, everyone yeah. lost their shit. And I think, mm-hmm. and again, I think what you talked about in, in the reveal, like I think they will reveal the title in the credits. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if they do just like um, was it was was it Captain America that had yeah Captain was it Captain America who had the first teaser for the Avengers movie. Um, it, was the, it, it was Captain America. It was Captain America. Him I, waking up and now yeah. and then. The I bet we shield. see a teaser for Avengers four. At the end, that's the end credits thing. I don't know if, we're, I don't, but I don't know if we're going to need to see a, a, a teaser for Avengers four as much as a tie-in. Like, sure. I mean, because we already know I we're getting Captain Marvel would go a long way with me right at the end of. Oh Avengers sure. 3. Or if if Thanos does snap his fingers mm. at the end of at the end of the movie, what if the post tag or whatever was Thanos meeting Hela in the in in some other other weird. You know, that's a realm, great idea. Mm-hmm. and that's you know that's the end. The blood, right. it's all black or whatever. I don't and, think I personally. I, I we've talked about it ending with the snap, and I've been on the fence about it. But I'm more on the fence of it not ending with the snap, and him doing either. It begins with the snap. Is how I feel. It begins with the snap, and Thanos is telling you the story of how he became king, and then we see all this played out. Yeah, very much in the same way that Deadpool used a very cool way of storytelling where everything's already happened, and you're mm-hmm. on that bridge, and it's a great way that they. Could save money. This costs three hundred million. They're not. They're not wasting money. They're like we're trying to condense a lot of story into two hours so that then we can see something happen. I think the snap happens, I agree. Might be and right. then we're mm-hmm. seeing a new thing happen. Something. Something new will happen in the next hour that we have no idea about, and that will lead us into Avengers Four. Or nice. I'm wrong. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but the fact exciting. is, we don't. We don't. Know. Know. We don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what we do know. Legion season two is airing. We do know that. And all of you sweaties who watched Legion Season 1 got a chance to see the very first episode of Legion Season 2 last week. It airs tomorrow, uh, Episode 2 of Legion. And I just wanted to talk about what an incredible, amazing, trippy, fantastic, dangerous, intoxicating, and super incredible season this has already started out to be. I think Legion Season 1 is one of the greatest achievements in television history. I mean, literally, not just for superheroes, but for... For cinema, for uh, cinema coming to television, and then also for the way of uh, telling a story in a very cerebral and very strange way, of, uh, unafraid to 
push barriers for the viewer. It's like, I can't imagine, I'm sorry that if you watch Legion and then have to cut away to Tide commercials and people trying to sell you car insurance and then coming <laughs> back to Legion, like, what is your mind like? I buy it. I just buy it $1.99 every week I, and I just watch it with no commercials because I need to have that sweet flavor uninterrupted. uninterrupted. <laughs> and it's worth the $2 that Marvel pays me in croutons mm-hmm. to transfer that into money to pay for Legion because it's worth it. What do you think about Legion Season 2? I know Jason hasn't seen Legion not Season seen 2 yet, but you did see the first season. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about Episode 1 from Legion? I mean, it's a fantastic beginning. And what I, what I like, and this will still play out, is that having established enough of the world and the tone... Uh, they can put in plotline threads that feel to me uh, familiar in a good way where I'm sort of like, ah, I have, I've, this spine reminds me of certain science fiction and genre stories that I recognize. Yes. And like, I, I, there are some very, there are threads here that are easy to latch onto because they've done their work to make the surrounding and the presentation weird enough that you can put in the, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but like the, the scene that says, it's a race. The thing that's actually happening there is very easy to track. They're still going to pull the rug out from you and twist it on you a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But they are they're having their cake and eating it too in terms of laying out a story of like the basic questions like, do we trust him? What are, what are the motivations there? Um, but they can do it with these poetic flourishes with like the wonderful scene about uh, eating cake uh, or ice cream. Uh, right. that was, it was just so well done. And it is a scene about mistrust that you've seen a million times, but you've never seen it like that. Uh, and, and obviously, you know me. So I assume that they lost everybody but me when it came to the dancing. Uh, <laughs> but since I assume the show was made specifically for me, thank you. Uh, well done. Yeah. Uh, no, the, love the dancing. <laughs> I have seen that. That's the one part of that opening premiere I've seen. And it, it's w- one of the very few shows that makes me feel like, even if it made less sense, like it's, there are comics that we read for the art that you're sort of like, this may or may not come together, but I'm not taking it off my pull list. Are you insane? And so even at its, like, this, it gives me that feeling to the extent that, like, it wouldn't matter even if I didn't have all the things I just described as like coherent plot threads I can grab mm-hmm. onto. Uh, I would still be reading it for the art. Well, the creative flourishes like that dance sequence then slowly turn into like a darker moment. They where have you, meaning. They have meaning where like you're seeing should. it's inside of his mind and we don't know what layers or levels of his mind we're in even right now. What do you think, Robert? Well, what I, you know, we talk about the how we can broaden the comic book medium in terms of how it's translated into film and television. Mm-hmm. I think the X universe, beginning with Logan and now beginning with the, the seasons of, of Legion, are doing just that. I mean they're taking when people talk about superhero fatigue, most people would watch Legion and not know it's a superhero film. Right. Or based on a on a comic book or something. But what you said about artwork, I mean it, there's something about the fact that this source material, that mid twenties run of Sinkevich and Claremont on mm-hmm. New Mutants, there was some really not just because of his artwork, but non-traditional superhero storytelling was going on in those comics. Right. Well, this is the definition of non-traditional storytelling on television. Right. And, and it's something that I think uh, really it, it, it excites me about the possibilities of the superhero medium and where it can go. Because once you have a show like Legion, it, it's not just for superheroes. It's for, for science fiction. It's for horror. It's for all of genre television. Yeah. You no longer are constrained by these these storytelling tropes. Yeah. And Legion is blowing them apart. They did it in the first season a little bit less. I think we're going to get more in season two. Clearly, this first episode was 
I mean, the first episode of Legion was trippy, but it wasn't as trippy as this episode was. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I, – and I can't wait to see what's happening. I mean, people yeah. start throwing around Kubrick when it comes to a, a comic book TV show. Well, Come on. With, with every rights they can because for myself, like watching this series, I mean, the season two premiere – and then hearing him say, uh, my dad had a meetup with him in oh Egypt. My, God. my mm-hmm. mind like went right back to when I was a kid and bought issue 117 of X-Men. It's literally Claremont and Byrne where Professor X has that mind battle in the astral plane with Farouk. And it's like, that's the Shadow King. And they cast a guy who is very reminiscent mm-hmm. of that. And we could see how he can go into the Sienkiewicz version very easily. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a genius play by Holly and all the writers and everybody who's making this to add these little tidbits. We don't know if it's going to be uh, – which Professor X it's going to be? My hopes is it's Patrick Stewart. I would well, like and, to see and that. that. That is so. funny. Like there is a clip on uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden oh, where him, Dan yeah. Stevens asked Patrick. They were on the couch, <laughs> and right. he asked Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart was just like, "I would consider it." Yes, um, so. I hope. I really hope that this could be the thing that could bring Patrick Stewart out of his Professor X retirement, right. just for one scene with like his son. Oh yeah. You know? I think I I would love to see that more than anything. Yeah. And he's the kind of guy that would do it. Yes. Yeah. You know, he, I, he, he, there was a new picture of him and Ian McKellen I saw on, on social Reading media. Reading a book. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> those guys, I mean, that's how you're winning at life. Yeah. You know, I, Patrick Stewart, when I was interviewing him for the Next Generation uh, Discs, you know, I sat down with him for hours at a time. We had right. these conversations. And he was, he was talking about, like, he was this obscure theater actor. And I go, dude, you were Sejanus and I, Claudius. And he's like, yeah, but nobody remembers that. You know, it wasn't – I go, you kissed a man. His first on-screen kiss mm-hmm. was with a dude in Life Force. Mm-hmm. Toby, who oh, that's was Life right. Force. Life Force. Yes, and, and he mentioned that, which I thought was funny. But, you know, these guys, they were British theater actors toiling away from the time they were teenagers – he didn't have great success. I mean, yes, he was in Excalibur. Right. Yes, he was, he was in Gertie Dune. Halleck and Dune. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but for them to have this kind of renaissance sort of later in their careers right. is such a great thing for them, and they love it. You know how mm-hmm. you get him? Uh, you like we want to see him have like you know develop his relationship with his son and all this stuff. But I think the way you get Patrick Stewart is you tell him he's going to get to play possessed by the Shadow King. Because um, he gets to play something different, like because yeah, yeah. right. that's the thing with Logan is that he was just like, oh, I've never been this version of Xavier. That as an actor excites me. Um, right. He could play See, that's a very producing. different. You just produce. <laughs> okay, right that's there, producing. right there. You just pitched the season three. Patrick Stewart's the villain, right? As the oh. Shadow King, Daddy issues. Oh this man, no Holly checking this show out. I hope you are, man, because we love Legion. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Let's get into the comic book pull list. This is going to be a combo of la- the last two weeks because we didn't have time to to do last week's comic pull list. We ran out of time because there was too many crazy stories. Um, no, starting right off with number five, we got the Marvel Two in One by Chip Zarsky and Valerio Shidi. If you haven't been checking out Marvel Two in One, we talked about last week the return. Of the Fantastic Four. That's yes. right. That, that's big. That's big news. Not just if you're sweaty and love the Fantastic Four like myself and a lot of people on this panel, but it also means something good has happened in the world of Disney Fox machinations because the does whole reason it, it does. Okay. The, the whole reason Fantastic Four got pulled, and they, they're not going to cancel the X Men because that makes too much money. I mean, there were other books that were selling way less than Fantastic Four. There was no reason yeah. to cancel it. Is because they were like, you don't get it our. It was selling just fine. Yeah, you don't get our. You don't get to play with our toys. You know, they, that's mm-hmm. what Marvel Disney was like. You don't get our toys anymore. Suck it. They're like, no toys, no video game, no nothing. So what? You go ahead and put out your movie. No tie-ins. And that was li- literally that the movie wasn't good. Was just a icing on the cake 
for for Marvel and Disney. So it, it once again helped push that whole thing down. X Men's doing fine, mm-hmm. but like Deadpool doing fine. If this whole merger happens, it doesn't matter. They you know they they would have kept that. But I think FF was something that was probably on the table even before this Marvel, Fox, Disney thing was ever talked about. I, I personally feel that that was on the table, and they were like, look, let us be, do some kind of trade. You can have toys or whatever merch. We'll figure it out. So I think this has been on the table for a long time. It, backdoor dealings we don't know nothing about, but that is why the Fantastic Four is coming back, and that's the only reason it's coming back, is because it's free and clear in some way, shape, or form to make that money for Marvel Disney. That's the only reason they would do it, and that means not only is Emily Blunt and John Krasinski going to be playing Reed Richards and Sue Storm. What's up, fan casting? I totally agree. If you haven't seen A Quiet Place, you should see that movie. It's fantastic. It's a horror film. That's right. Get on it. See it. But they're amazing in it. I would love to see them play Reed and Sue. I'm sorry I went off too much. But, um, <laughs> guess what? It's Rom, number went four. Off Fantastic Four. It's yeah. all fine. Rom it's all good. is a uh, Rom Tales of the Soul Star Order number one. Now we don't mention Rom that much as far as the new comic books. It went off in a different run. And my personal favorite run is the Marvel run mm-hmm. from one through seventy five. This is written by Ryle and Gage, artist G- guy Dorian Senior, but it's inked by the one and only Sal Buscema. Ooh, wow. Now this is a. a Sal's brother John Buscema unfortunately passed away but that king artist of Avengers Conan and everything under the sun Sal also did so many comic books Spider-Man what up New Mutants New Mutants I mean yeah I mean the list is endless the Hulk I mean and of course he did a ton of ROM so I mean for myself like seeing him do the inks on this is one of the reasons I had to mention it. Let, let me talk about Marvel 2 and 1. What do you guys think about that? Have you guys had a chance to read it? Yes, I love it. I think it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I wish Jim Chung had been the artist all the way through because as soon as it hits issue 4, him. I know DC's still in him, so I don't think he's ever coming back to the book. Um, the Chip Zdarsky does a really good job of capturing the characterizations of Ben Grimm and making you love Ben Grimm because you should love Ben Grimm because he's the biggest softie in the multiverse. Yeah. Um, the only knock I would knock against this story, and I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan as well, is uh, minor spoilers, they deal with Galactus again. And I kind of was like, we're doing another Galactus story? Because I'm always one of these people that, the reason I love the Fantastic Four and the reason why I love the first hundred issues of the Fantastic Four so much is that every single issue is a brand new concept, a brand new planet, a brand new dimension. And I feel modern Fantastic Four runs lean on the nostalgia and it's, it's a fine line because people want to see Galactus and people want to see um, all the classic villains. But at the same time, the Fantastic Four and the reason why they're the cornerstone of the Marvel Universe is because they're always pushing to the new. Yes. Mm. I want to see that in Dan Slott's run yes. more than anything. I want to see new. Yeah. And Sarah Pichelli's see... drawing that, right? Yes. yes. That's so exciting. Yes. Yes. Sarah, it's so good. Sarah's art is fantastic. I couldn't imagine a better dream team. Like, yeah, Dan Slott's perfect yeah. for this because he did the one thing with Spider-Man that a lot of writers did the same thing with Spider-Man that they do with Fantasy Four. They're very precious about it. And Dan Slott was like, you know what? I'm going to uh, make Otto Octavius Spider-Man for two years. Yes. Something nobody had ever done before. Two years. <laughs> two years. And they're good. And they're, they're really good it's issues. It's the best part of his run. Yeah. <laughs> I am excited based on his Silver Surfer. Yes. Um, yes. Because that Dan Slott can show up anytime to anything mm-hmm. forever. You're like, absolutely right. Him and Mike Allred, what a, ooh, a weird what team a when you first oh, think about oh, it. Oh, oh, it's but so then amazing. you put it yep. together, it's like, it's like a Twix bar, It's one of the baby, best Marvel you know? series of the last five years. And it it's all is. about yeah. the new. Yeah. Yes, all about the new. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm glad you said that because that's really what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I love Jim Chung's art, don't get me wrong, but like having Doctor Doom, having Galactus in it, I was like, Fantastic Four when they launched the new one. 
I would love it if Doctor Doom isn't in it for like maybe he has to be in issue five just to keep that Aww. you know to oh, number yeah, one yeah. just keep that. But then I'd like to see brand new worlds that they go to mm-hmm. something beyond the negative zone. I want to see new versions of what would a Psycho Man be like in this, but call him something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's ways to create new characters. It's different riffs. Um, thoughts on Rom? Anybody? Well, look, I hope it's better than the last. I was a little disappointed by IDW's first ROM run because sure. I was excited to get the comic. Yes. But by not having uh, – look, I get the rights issues, but by not having the mythology that I loved in that, in that run. Galador and all that. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I mean the Space Knights and the – they did a Space Knights comic. They yes. couldn't call it ROM. But it, it just wasn't that great. But yeah. I want this to be good. I'll read it. Because hope springs eternal. I think this has this has elements of the Space Knights in it. I, I don't know how much because of rights issues they can go into the ROM, the Marvel Space Knight right. stuff. Uh, they, and they can't republish that though. So I'm glad a bunch of sweaties were posting pictures of them picking up some ROMs from some comic book shops. Oh, some back issues. Yes, yeah, so yeah. that's the only place you can get these ROMs. Get to your comic book store, House of Secrets. I know they have a bunch of them. Get those ROMs because <laughs> you, you won't be disappointed. It's some fun science fiction I will flavor. Say, and I, I didn't check this before going live. So grain of salt. Um, but you said Chris Ryle, I think, was one of the writers. R- Ryle Engage. Yeah. Um, and I think he is uh, like just a shout out to Chris Ryle, who I believe is departing as one of the heads of IDW. Yes, he is. After yes. many oh, years, yes, yes yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Has been doing fantastic work over there and is just taking a break, I guess, yeah. as I understand it, uh, and just. Uh, shout out to the guy who was probably behind trying to get a lot of this stuff back into print. Without and a doubt. It together. Yeah, I mean, Ryle was a gigantic ROM sweaty. He wanted to make sure that he got to write ROM and he pushed on it for years. So he, he, brought, he helped bring that character back into some prominence or at least slight enough prominence to like, have it teamed up with the Micronauts and all these other characters. <laughs> By so, the way, I, I didn't mean to slam IDW too. I love them as a company. I, I love what they've done with Star Trek. You know, it's been... I, I, sure. IDW's I read, a strong comic Yeah, I read, yeah. I read their Star Trek comic I think they've done a fine job. All right. N- number three is Captain America number 700 by Mark Wade and Chris Samney. Now, if you haven't been able to check out this relatively new super duo doing this comic book, I think it's fantastic. And everything that Mark Wade, you know, he has hits and misses. Yep. Mainly, mainly they're hits. I mean, you know, once in a while. A Especially when of, he's with Chris Samney. Yeah. Chris Samney. Yeah. Bam. Unbelievable it's, team. It's such a great, great series. And I just saw that cover and I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to read this. So. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about this team of, uh, of Chris and, uh, and Mark? Have you guys uh, gotten a chance to check out the last couple of issues? I have not gotten a chance to read 700, but I have been right, reading all the other one. issues of, of this series. And, yeah, Mark Wade and Chris Samney are, are this amazing dream team. And I've heard a lot of people say that they feel that this Captain America run by Mark Wade is basically Mark Wade sort of writing his version of Superman with a shield. Mm. And oh. to me, there's nothing wrong with that no, because no. it really works. And um, I, it's interesting because it's very fascinating because I think Chris Samney and Mark Wade have sort of created, they did it with Daredevil, they did it with Black Widow, now they're doing it with Captain America. They've sort of become, to me, the modern uh, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. Sure. That ah. when they team up and do this like, kind of collective story, it's, it's, a really, it's really heartfelt and it really like, knocks your socks off. And I like it. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I felt like Wade was writing Captain America like that when he, was, he had his awesome run with Ron Garney. Mm-hmm. And then they took a break, they did the Heroes Reborn thing, and then they came back as Mark Wade and Ron Garney. Mm-hmm. So I, was, right. I feel like... Um, like Wade really understands the nuances of Steve Rogers and what it means to be this this emblem of America, and I like the way he writes it. It's very it's a layered approach. And and are they officially co-writing this one? I know they were on Black Widow. 
I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's plot wise. Like it's probably. I don't know if it's Marvel style. I don't know how Wade writes. If he does Marvel style or if he writes full like Alan Moore, like mm-hmm. well, the cup will be half filled with liquids that are bubbling. I was like, <laughs> I think this particular partnership has a lot of, uh, especially now that they've worked together for so long. I know that 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 Somni was being credited as like. Fully like co-story, co-writer and storyteller on on at least the Black Widow run, Good. Um, and it shows I think in in what you're saying mm-hmm. like they're very tight dynamic together that makes their comics they don't feel samey, uh, but it is this you want to see them take on everything in the world based on their like the skill of execution. If you haven't read their Daredevil run or their Black Widow run, oh, get so on yeah, the Black yeah. Widow one is they should just mm-hmm. do that as the movie. That should be the movie. That should yes. be the movie. It's like mm-hmm. I mean I feel like. We're all of the, that should be the movie. And everyone else says, what are you talking about? Yep. Read that comic book. Yep. And then you'd be like, can you make that movie, please? Number two is Amazing Spider-Man, number 798. We're just talking about Dan Slott, jumping over to the Fantastic Four. And why are we excited about that is because this issue right here, <laughs> if, you have, if you have been reading The Amazing Spider-Man, which is okay. I mean, there's, there's a lot of comics out there. Yep. Um, not should you just not be buying it because the incredible Alex Ross covers issue <laughs> after issue that just blow my mind away. It's like, how is this man so talented and does he sleep? Because this guy is like just so incredibly like a little workhorse. I hope he brings Alex Ross to Fantastic Four. I really do. Uh, wow. Yep. And I and yeah yeah good call and, dude. And, well, Al, well, think about it because oh, Alex Ross has been posting. If you follow his Instagram, more and more Fantastic Four pictures. Yes, sir, he has. So I'm kind of hoping they just they're like, oh yeah, hey, dance lot, dance. I was like, come here, Alex, come on, just come with me. Oh come with my me. god, I'm torn. Good. I want some Pacelli covers. Well, you no, can have we, both. Hey, we, <laughs> I hate variants though. We'll get, we'll get those variants. Look, Spider Man's been doing these variants. Yeah. Get yeah. Alex Ross and get some other slap. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. right. So look, <laughs> you can pick whichever one you want. I got that one. Because it's the badass original Green Goblin fighting Spider-Man. Yeah. And those are the ones, some of those, those cover, those big paintings are what put Alex Ross on the map. Yeah. Back when he was doing Marvels, he did that giant kind of remit a senior tribute to Spider-Man and the Green Goblin fighting over the city. But it was from a high angle. This is like almost the opposite version of yeah. that from a low angle. Right, Ross? I think we got you. But uh, <laughs> you know what? The greatest thing about this is Dan Slott coming up, like we were talking about with Fantastic Four, you want to see new yeah. characters. I don't mind if you mix and match if you do it right. And what they did is they took Green Goblin and mixed him with Venom, or what you want to call Carnage. Carnage. And man, so all you sweaties have been waiting. Is it this one? And causing the prices to these issues go to go mm-hmm. astronomical crazy. The, the, red, the Red Goblin that has yeah. been teased yeah. in this book yeah, for yeah. like six months and, now. And, and, and yeah. it is finally revealed, mm-hmm. and it is worth every cent of mm-hmm. the weight of the time that it's taken. So all the sweaties were like, is it this issue? And that issue's like 30 bucks. I'm behind on two issues, and I can't get them now because they're $30 each. Pissed about it. But I'll get them eventually when it's in a trade paper. What about your Marvel croutons, man? I know those Marvel croutons. Yeah, they don't seem to be cashing. What about my DC croutons? Batman is number one (laughs) on this list. It's Batman number 44. Tom King killing it with Mikkel Janin. It looks like there's two different covers. And Joel Jones. It is the two artists, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, and Joel Jones is now, they just announced her to do Catwoman. She's going to yes, do the Catwoman series. Which is, yeah. the, jo- Joel Jones draws the uh, present day Catwoman scenes, and Mikkel Jannon draws the flashbacks. Got it. So mm-hmm. this, this issue as well has two covers. You could pick Bruce Wayne looking in a, in a mirror or Selena looking in a mirror. So And look up that cover. Like, st- pause the video and look yep. up the Joel Jones cover to huh. Batman 44, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yes. Well, Definitely check those comics out. I want to list off a couple of trades as well that are coming out this week or came out last week or possibly might not even be coming out this week, but next week. Madden Magazine should be out on stands uh, this coming Wednesday. 
Uh, it's about, illustrated by various, uh, like mm-hmm. a ton of the weirdos from the original Mads. Why is this cool besides that awesome Jason Edmondson cover? It's because they're reissuing it as a number one. They went back to the original Mad logo from back when the very first Mad magazine was published. And they're just kind of doing a reboot. Like, look, we're still around. We, we know all you weirdos like cover number ones. And they're like, you were like 597 or somewhere. Now we're number one just to get back on the list, get back on the stands. Uh, X-Men, Grand Design. Now, this is Ed Piscor just doing one of the greatest treasury editions that you could possibly find on the stands today. But it's not a collected version from the 70s. This is brand new stuff. It's his first two issues of X-Men Grand Design. But this is done in that oversized giant with new, the mm-hmm. actual newsprint. Like, literally, it even I went, smells like I it. went to yeah. the House of Secrets, <laughs> and I was in my lift, and I busted that shit out. And the, my lift driver was like, oh, man, I could smell that comic. I was like, that's right, man. <laughs> like, this is, this is that stuff smell where that people, people get so weird about, like, I love the smell of old comics. I'm not that weirdo. But this shit drove me into, like, a, hey, man, I feel like I'm reading an old comic because yeah. it literally smells like an old comic. I bought this sight unseen based on the amazing cover. And I was blown away. Even though it's sort of a retelling of the classic X-Men history, it changes things and it does some new stuff in it. And the art is so dynamic. Um, This is one of the best X-Men comics I've read in probably 10 years. It's very exciting. It's so good. Yeah, it's exciting because it's thrilling because it is a Wayback Machine, but in a new way. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Ed Piscar is a national treasure. Uh, I love his work. Uh, You may have seen it online. He does a book called Hip Hop Family Tree, where he retells the birth of a musical genre in terms of its time and place. Uh, He did it a page at a time online. And you can see all of the craft that he's developed over years. He makes it look simple. He makes some of the drawing intentionally look primitive, but everything is crafted down to the last detail. Every page is an individual thought out unit uh and he's he's gone in and meticulously picked out the colors if you get this trade you get his new colors for x-men number one right the stanley jack kirby one but recolored it's and on that newsprint i'm telling you it's 29.99 it's a bit steep it's worth every single penny just get it it's probably sold out this week they're gonna have to print another one because it deserves multiple (laughs) printings you know what's gonna probably sell out and deserve multiple printings action comics 80 years of Superman. It's a hardcover. Now they're tying this in with Action Comics 1000, which comes out, I believe, next week. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's a big one. So that's, uh, you know, issue 1000. I mean, Batman is next year, I believe, for his Detective yes, Comics. Yes, Batman's 80th anniversary and Detective Comics 1000 will be next year. Yeah. The greatest thing about this hardcover is that, so you get the single issue of Action Comics 1000, which right. will have uh, Brian Michael Bendis' first Superman story as he's taking over the Superman With Jim books. Lee, right? With Jim Lee, yes. Yep. Um, but this hardcover is sort of, I believe um, it was, it's, it's Paul Levitz who kind of like, you know, curated, put, curated this little hardcover thing. Right. And and I'm probably going to forget the artist, but I want to say it's Kurt Swan. There is an unprinted Kurt Swan story in what? this. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they found. That they found it. Found yeah. It's a 12-pager, yeah. Yeah, that, that I think like Marv Wolfman found in yeah, DC Marv on a tour. Yep. Because he said yeah. back in the day, they just threw out the original art. And so he came in as a kid, and they threw this story at him. And he just kept it for yep. like 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> Marv Wolfman, thank you uh, from everyone. It might not be Marv Wolfman. I hope it's Marv Wolfman. I, I, I think it is. It is, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I read Marv. that story as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So. I missed this. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just saw it in the solicitors, and I was like, cool, anniversary celebration. It'll be cool when we get here. So I hadn't actually no, looked pick, at what's in the thing. No, pick this hardcover up. Yeah. yeah. Now, I feel like yeah. I'm living in a deja vu world. So I, I can all I can say is I hope that uh, John, one of John Byrne's issues is in this hardcover I hope action so comics. Because I, can, I kind of feel like he's not in issue 1000. He's not. Which is a big 
big mistake. Why? Because he did this already. He did this 32 years mm-hmm. ago where they relaunched Action Comics. They relaunched a Superman number one after doing six issues called Man of Steel. And that's exactly what Brian's, Brian Bendis is doing. And the new Man of Steel logo that Brian Michael Bendis is using for a six-issue series is the exact same logo <laughs> as the John Byrne series. And they said they did that uh, intentionally. There's a weird story. You don't know what to confirm. Bleeding Cool, of course, uh, has been reporting that John Byrne was asked, but right. apparently when he reached back to D.C., he, nobody got in touch with him. Right. He got a weird so answering machine. So who knows like, what the true story is? But I agree with you. John Byrne should be in that issue. Yeah, and if not, I mean, there should be some like, hey, you know, issue 1001, a very special tribute to John Byrne. Because this is entirely what they did 32 mm-hmm. years ago. It's easy to forget. A lot of people weren't even born yet. Dude, they- 32 years ago. I, have, I was just looking through. My <laughs> comics look like I bought them off the rack yesterday. Yep. And I'm just like, oh. That's right. Well, you know what? You guys can find all of our comics available very soon because I did a garage sale with uh, Jason's Better Half, Ashley, yesterday. Right. And uh, we, we concocted a, like, you know what? We should do a Collider Heroes Con, and we're going to do it. I think we're going to do it. It'll probably be after Comic-Con. That but we're gonna, good. We're going to have a big, uh, a big hangout where you guys can all hang out and get sweaty with us. We'll probably do a live panel. And then we are sell, we're going to sell our personal collection. I know me and Robert have thousands of comics that we want to give to you for a very good price. So if you're in the L.A. area, I will give you at least three months' notice, and hopefully everyone participates. I'll be there. Yeah, we're going to get everyone who's ever been on Collider Heroes to be part of this massive super fan panel. So it should be a lot of fun. So. Do you still do your comics for troops? Yes, uh, every, it's every November. Well, why don't we, why don't we even tie that in? We'll tie it in. I'm in. in. Let's do it. We'll tie it in. Yeah, there's, I've got easily a full box for Jason Inman to send off to troops. Because sure. I, I think that's a fantastic mm-hmm. thing that you do. You know what's also fantastic? Minor mutations. Let's get into it. Number one, we got Gotham's Jerome, Jeremiah. Who is it? It's one bad day separating these weirdos from becoming the Joker. So... Now, look, they weren't lying in Gotham, and they're like, look, Jerome isn't the Joker. Just stop saying that. And we're like, look, but he's, like, he's acting like the Joker. He's not the Joker. We find out that he's got a twin <laughs> named Jeremiah. So he's got serious? All got- I'm going to say is every time you have an evil twin Ugh. or amnesia, I eat ice cream. That's Gotham. right. There you go. Gotham. What the hell are you doing? I, I'm 100% into this. I like it. You know why I like it? Because it's a cool way to establish an origin story and make it different and unique. You might not like that he's got a twin, sure. but at least it's not. It's like a stand-up comedian killing joke. At least it's not taking. It's taking from everything. And it's a cool way to bring in the Joker. I, like, look, if you have to have the Joker come in before Bruce Wayne becomes Batman, and that's what this is. This is Gotham. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I, you know, I've got my own Batman comics I could read. I could wait for them to make. The, I think the Batman movie's coming out in 2025, so I got at least another <laughs> seven years to wait for that movie yeah. to finally yeah. come out. Um, so I've got enough time to watch Gotham. I've been against it for many, many seasons, and they finally slowly suckered me in because of this Joker character because I like Jerome. And I'm like, look, call me crazy. I'm going to watch these episodes. What do you guys think about Jerome, Jeremiah, One Bad Day? Y'all shaking no. your heads. No. I'm not down with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Joker is, is so indelible. The Joker is immutable. The Joker is... And then they're just going to... You know, no. There's no idea so weird it can't work. But I That's also true. Don't, I don't have an, an opinion on this one because I'm not caught up. And I haven't yeah. seen it. I, look, I'm not right. following Gotham. I'm not caught, caught up. Right. All you haters but it could can be good shut up like, then. No, Until you, you see it, If you then, love right. Gotham, I'm great I'm saying watch you. it. 
Look, if you I, haven't watched it, you yeah. can't really have an yeah. opi- opinion. That's how I kind of feel. It's true. Like, I didn't hate Star Trek Discovery until I saw it. There you go. <laughs> I don't think anybody should hate anything Stop until they killing that it. dead horse. Uh, he likes to beat that dead horse. You know who's beating a dead horse? McCoy. It's Carl Urban. He's playing Billy Butcher in the Boys Amazon series. Yes! Now, oh. The Boys, if you haven't read this series, is a Please fantastic, do. brutal, amazing series. Oh. And it's uh, Garth Ennis... Doing and what Derek does, Robertson. Do, and Derek Robertson yeah. doing what they do best. Yeah. And The Boys is a lot of fun. A lot of people don't know about it. It, was, it wasn't published by Marvel or DC. It was like, I think it was uh, Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. The yeah. Dynamite Comics, which is uh, people are like, oh, is that Although it imp- started as a DC. Did it? It did. It, it, the, like, the first six issues were like a Wildstorm book, and then D- DC was like, we can't publish this. This is right. too graphic. Oh, that's and right. then it went over. Huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so our friends over from the Preacher universe, Seth Rogen and uh, Goldberg, uh, decided to, uh, hey, how do we follow up Preacher? Well, we get another one of our childhood comic books that we loved geeking out at when we were in high school, The Boys, and we're going to make that. So they're the guys behind the adaptation of this series. I'm just going to say, they were full-grown men when The Boys came out. Yes. Uh, Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're I'm, just I'm little a, high schoolers inside. I'm, I'm cutting them some slack. <laughs> Whatever, however, they were 30 years old. I'm glad they're making The Boys. What are your guys' thoughts about The Boys? Uh, I'm I'm excited to see this come as, as part of sort of my my mission of wanting to see all the different types of comics there are out there. I still haven't read The Boys because I have wondered like Preacher's sort of my exact line of like I really loved this and it is about the edge of what I can handle and I'm sort of like I don't Boys is maybe on the other side of that but Boys I won't know is on I, the other side of that. Yeah. 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 I had to shelf that yeah, book yeah. and around the time I got to Herogasm I was like I'm. I'm thinking I'm, eventually I'm going to read this, but I don't know. Right. But that's just me, and I'm delighted that this is going to be adapted. I'm delighted they're putting together such a monster cast for it, and I think people are going to dig it. Yeah. What do you think? Um, the Boys, if you've never read before, is super graphic violent. And you can kind of tell it's Garth Ennis being like, what are all the ideas that Vertigo wouldn't let me do? Here right. they are. So it's, it's very bloody. It's very disgusting at times. Um, so just know that going in. But Carl Urban... I would have never in a million years thought of him as the choice for this lead. He's perfect. Yeah. He's perfect. And to be honest with you, if they can get the tone of this right, this could be the first, I would say, Amazon big hit. Like, this could be Amazon's house of cards if they knock this out of the park. I agree. I mean, because it's got all the elements that people aren't expecting yet. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, we who have read it, we're looking forward to those elements. Yeah. All the other people who don't know what the boys, that's that thing Adam McKay might have talked about wanting yeah. to do for a while. What do you think? Well, the, the, the premise is these guys go after superheroes. Yes. You know, and it's... it's and it's <laughs> stuff we've seen before, but it's stuff they won't have. Like, the mass audience has right. not seen this. Right, and it's, it's so speed metal. It's so punk rock. It's so in-your-face. It, you know, it's basically, let's take someone's face and bash it in with a baseball bat, literally. Yeah. And that's, but fun. And and it, 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 you know I've got those absolute editions. I think Dynamite published. The oh two, yeah, I think there's two of them. Four. Is there four now? Yeah. The absolute. Mm-hmm. I got to get the other two. Um, they're great, and, and, but they're so you kind of feel dirty after you read them. You do. But I do. <laughs> I, and you feel bad that you laugh. Like you yeah. laugh uproariously yeah. loud to the point where someone's saying, "What's so funny?" And you're like, "I can't tell you." Yeah, yeah, the right. Boys is one of those comics that I would not recommend reading in public because if right. somebody leans over, yeah, no. mm, yeah. you're going to have an interesting conversation. And, and he's not saying it's a dirty book. But it's a dirty book. It's a dirty so, book. It's a dirty <laughs> you know what's not dirty? Justice League. Dark. It's a film. It's a, it's a, are these are these the characters who are going to be it? Got Space Chimp. What's it, what the chimp? What are they Detective talking about? Chimp. Detective, Detective chimp. chimp. I don't even know who that character is. But I, I do know who Black Orchid is. Because I, I remember reading those. The Prestige series. Neil Gaiman. Like, oh, now I want to read Green Lantern Detective Chimp. Would somebody make that happen? 
<laughs> Please don't make it happen. Tell me why is why is Detective Chimp a thing? Tell me why. Because of the Silver Age? Yeah. Because of the Silver and Age. Talking monkeys were the thing of the Silver Age, everybody. Right. We have the super pets. Why not have a chimp that's a detective? Hey, you I had Gleek and yeah. what, the super friends? Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm done with this monkey business. Number four we got is Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle tie the knot in Batman number 50. So we saw, you know, number 44, they're getting the dress, they're looking mm-hmm. in the mirrors, they're getting. So we got another six issues before they actually get married, or do they? My question do they get married, Amy? I so what's very interesting is like based on on having our hearts broken by comics many many times I would just assume that like she's going to dramatically die except she just got her solo series uh, announced that's right. uh, so I'm I'm really curious if they're going to actually go through with this like it, it's it seems like there is a chance that they are really going to do this I don't know how long it will last. Um, but based on the fact that like we're all expecting something to go wrong and prevent it from happening, um, the only move they have that can surprise us is to actually go through with it, even though that creates all of whatever problems come after that when somebody else wants to put it back to the status quo. I think it might actually happen. Now, if they get married, I don't think Selena Kyle has to worry about a prenup because she's stolen enough money as the, as the cat <laughs> yeah, woman to not worry about, like, I don't need any of your money, Wayne. Anyway. I'm divorcing yeah. you anyway, and yeah. I'll re-steal your money. I'm so, not legally taking your fortune. Yeah. What's the fun of that? I think no. um, they will get married and they will stay married for as long as Tom King is on the, on the book. Mm. Um, I, t- I got to talk to Tom King about this last year because for me, Selena is Bruce's Lois Lane. Like mm. she is just as important to him as Lois Lane is to Superman. And I asked him when they started, like when the proposal happened, I was like, how long have you been thinking about this? How long have you wanted Bruce and Selena together? And he said that his entire pitch for Batman before he got the book was I want to marry Batman and Catwoman. Wow. Well, and, he, then, and he said everything in his run has been leading to this. Well, then it is most definitely yep. happening. And <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because they had that crossover issue mm-hmm. with Bruce Wayne and Selena and Clark Kent yep. and Lois Date Lane. Date night. Yep. Date night, which was a great issue, but that actually yep. leads now, right Now, that doesn't into mean it. they couldn't get divorced or separated or anything like that. Oh, like, yeah. It's comics. It's going to happen. Yeah. Evil clones, yeah, yeah. Yeah. et cetera. I, I think they both say I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, Superman married Lois. I mean, Clark Kent married Lois Lane. Yep. Peter Parker married Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think absolutely they're going to get married. I mean, look, they need... I would like to read a run of Batman stories where Batman is, is no longer some bachelor, where he's actually a married man, and how does that, how does that affect his crime fighting? How does that affect his life? Right. I mean, there's a whole myriad of stories you can tell that haven't been told before. So why not do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to keep things fresh. Right. For us... You know, I read, I read somewhere that the, uh, the Hollywood Reporter released demographics about movie going last year or last week it was mm-hmm. actually last week and it said that the primary movie going audience is from 24 to 39 years of age now so that's why the, the audience is no longer teens teens aren't the driving force i'm sure that's the same as far as comic books are concerned right. age yeah. it up a little bit that, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, we're aging up and I, I why not why not why not deal with more adult emotional issues in the context mm-hmm. of superhero it's especially interesting when you think about about 10 years ago is when Grant Morrison introduced Damian Wayne, his yes. son. And I can remember it was kind of the same thing where people were like, oh, I don't want to read Batman as a dad. We've had a decade of Batman as a dad. Yeah. And I think we could easily have a decade of Batman being married. And also have Selena Kyle being pregnant and having a real Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne Jr. Yeah, so uh, Spider-Man, having already been married and divorced, gets a brand new suit. <laughs> it's the black suit. It comes back in issue 800. There's a lot of big issues all rounding up now. Is it going to be the symbiote suit? What do you think? Uh, it's, is eight, 
because 801 is Slot's last yep, issue, and then Spencer takes over. Is yep. that yes. right? Uh, so I'm going to guess that like whatever happens in 800 must be either very carefully coordinated with the next team, or it's just a just for fun one issue thing. Um, I don't know. I, I think like the black suit as a nod to his history is what I would expect, but I would uh, say. Unless this is a lead into Spencer's thing, this is probably just for fun. My guess is that it has to somehow tie into uh, the Red Goblin. It has to somehow tie into the symbiote relationship, Spider-Man's symbiote relationship with before the symbiote mm-hmm. left and became Venom. There's that always like a longing, like they had this like, you know, like we bonded this whole thing. And maybe he has to rebond with that symbiote to be able to fight the Red Goblin. What do you think? I think you're exactly right. I mm-hmm. think because 800 is where they're going to, conclude the red goblin storyline yeah so and if we talked about the issue that came out last week that we just talked about um in that storyline peter parker gets his ass handed to him by the red goblin i think he's going to decide the only way i can beat the symbiote is i have to be i also have to be bonded and i also think they're going to do that because i think they're not going to let Eddie Brock not be Venom when that Venom movie hits in November because Marvel loves to do. Oh yeah, Marvel loves to change their you know thing. So Eddie Brock, this will lead to Eddie Brock becoming Venom again. Most definitely, good call. What do you think? Uh, I think that sounds reasonable. Mm -hmm. I mean, not having been reading this run, I mean, it makes sense to me that they're going to tie it into that storyline. They want Venom to be in the the zeitgeist. I don't think it's going to be something that's inconsequential. You know, although sure. I do think that artwork makes him look like Superman, Electro Superman, when Superman was split into two. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hey, I'm big for that blue and white costume. Right. I'm an action figure. The laser yep. light Superman. Come on. Yep. All right. Black Panther is the first <laughs> film. We mentioned this earlier. The first film in 35 years to publicly play in Saudi Arabia. And it just passed Titanic to be the third biggest U.S. film in box office history. Now, Black Panther is just like killing it. Not only is it a fantastic movie. Not only is it a superhero film that we love, mm-hmm. but it's amazing that it's like been embraced by the entire world. Now it's being played in Saudi Arabia. The first time we've got an American film being played in 35 years publicly. That's pretty amazing. What are your thoughts about the phenomena of Black Panther? I'll start with you, Robert. Well, again, I think you know it moves. Sometimes you get cultural uh, moments where films sometimes are cultural moments, sporting events like when the Americans beat the Russians playing hockey at the Olympics. That was a cultural moment. I think for our entertainment pop culture drenched society, right. the, the Black Panther as a film is, is a multi-quadrant film where there's a, a group of people that have representation they never had before. It's also just a kick-ass part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that everybody can like. It also has something to say about our world today. I mean, the idea of colonization and concepts a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. it has a, 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 a female contingent of the most hot powerful women that are will kick your ass who are wearing i mean there i'm so in love with the koye I, I i said today i don't know if you saw this somebody made a a starbucks ad with her oh they, really it's That's awesome, awesome. <laughs> where she's drinking a starbucks and it's, it's just the best thing ever this is what i wanted king and, and <laughs> you know and, and i think i i, I yes and, and you you look at there's so much about this movie that means so many things to so many different people around the world that it's something we don't get very often mm-hmm. and, it, and it should be celebrated and it deserves to be Most celebrated definitely. and i think um more power to you. How about you, Jason? You know, I don't know how to explain Black Panther because it's always hard to explain movies that transcend this much. But since it's transcended so much internationally, I wonder if one factor of this is that the movie is very non-American. It is about a foreign country, a foreign king, and the only American in this movie is actually played by an Englishman, but the only (laughs) American in this movie 
is a CIA agent that everybody's like, well, we're not certain we can trust this guy. But then he steps up to the line, and then they trust him. Right. But it is about this foreign country and concepts that basically us as Americans, we're not too keen on. Like, Wakanda is very much a like, hey, brother, let's all help each other. Let's all right. do this. And even at the end battle with Wakabe, uh, Wakabe surrenders instead of, like, you know, forcing his way through the line. So... I wonder if the reason this is transcended is because in America, we know who the Black Panther is. We know the Marvel movies. We know this stuff. We're very excited about it. And, and, and of course, the, the, the powerful things that it does for, for race and stuff like that. But I think internationally, I wonder if it's because it's an American movie that doesn't act like an American movie. Yeah, I think that's a really astute mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Because it's not about America, American exceptionalism. America is not bringing... America to the world. We're not. It's America not doesn't about, save the we're day. We're not bringing them democracy yeah. to the world. Yeah, and it's about an, an internecine struggle mm-hmm. between uh, 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 two warring factions or two factions in in a, in a country, and it, we're not being saved by democracy. Mm-hmm. American democracy has no place in Wakanda. Well, I mean, I, this is a very interesting discussion that, that we could go into for a lot because that like I, I I dearly loved the role of Everett Ross in the film. I was surprised in the end that like. I was pl- happy and surprised that he sort of skates through sort of uncritically despite a lot of the text about uh, where he sort of like, here's right. what the CIA does, but I'm still going to be a good guy because you know I'm a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, so in that sense, it's critical, but it's also not. And the stories, it's very American in terms of like Eric Killmonger's story is, I mean, it's an African diaspora story that people all over the world can relate to, but it's also specifically American. Like, it's about Oakland. Mm-hmm. It's about our legacy of like a participation in, in colonialism and, and imperialism. Uh, and so I'm I'm delighted that it's traveling. But 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 what's funny to me is that I'm like I see it as a very American film uh, mm. uh, in in that sense that it's commenting on all that stuff. But uh, but you're right that mm-hmm. like watching something hit like this everywhere is is extraordinary. But isn't yeah. it amazing too that that. I, I agree with you. There are very the Killmonger aspect is very American, and then the Wakandan aspect is very non-American. But also, look at how much we're talking about this film. <laughs> like, and you can have that viewpoint. I can have this viewpoint about it, and we still both like the movie. Yeah, right. love it. <laughs> but you know, when you when you see like, uh, it also it has a lot of commentary about modern day Africa. What's going on when when people are the Chinese are coming in and parceling out land there, and mm-hmm. and the fact that the Wakandans are asking themselves, well, how much responsibility do we have? to our fellow surrounding African nations. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the kind of question I don't think um, people around the world are asking themselves these questions. Certainly, I don't, I don't hear about it in America very much in terms of when people are talking about what's actually happening now in people are profiteering in Africa. There's all kinds of, of uh, industry. We don't hear much about it because it's mostly Chinese. But, but Africa is being exploited now more than ever. I have a mm-hmm. friend of mine, a, a woman documentarian, who's doing a documentary on women who are fighting the poachers in Africa. And there's, uh, there's an incredible amount of stuff going on in that, uh, on that continent that we just don't hear about. And this movie sort of begins to shed a light well, on, on that. I, I think all your points are, are well taken. I think it is, it's, you know, it, it's coming from a global perspective, mm-hmm. but zeroing in on a lot of history 
that has to deal with America and bad things that happen here in America and mm-hmm. things that we what can we do to turn it around? So I feel like there's that hope and emblem that's there that might not even be there as much as in our real world government mm-hmm. than it is in this world that is presented by these uh, heroes of Wakanda. So I feel like that's also something that people can go see and like it's good to have their kids be able the families be able to take their kids and see this is the future of America. Whatever garbage is going on right now, mm-hmm. this is the future that we could look forward to. So do not give up in your dreams and not just the American dream, but your dreams is like being alive. So um, I think all those points are great. Uh, let's get into our last few ch- subjects. We're going to nail these quickly. Will Heroes for Hire actually become Heroes for Hire in season two of Luke Cage? What do you think? Why not? I mean, look, I would love to. See, we all want to see that. I mean, I want to see Luke Cage. <laughs> Come on. Don't we want to see that? I do. I want to see it, but I want it to be good. You know, I, I they, we've got to. We, Danny's got to step up his game. Yeah, I think everyone, everyone in season two, acknowledges the problems of season one, especially after episode six. What do you think? Are they Here, still making Iron Fist season two? It's done. It's in the can. It's, it's coming. Done. It's coming out. Oh lord! I'm sorry. Luke Cage and Iron Fist are both. They're both done, done in the game. Yes. Okay, because I was, I was just about to be like, man, I wish they would just cancel Iron Fist season two and just go make heroes and just for make hire. heroes for hire. Yeah. and that's Luke Cage season three and Iron Fist season two. Daughters yeah. of the Dragon. Yep. Yeah. And I think they're going to do that too. All both of those are on the table for spinoffs: Daughters of the Dragon and uh, Heroes for Hire. And I see that that's the obvious way to go. Instead of doing yep. Defenders, I would much rather see those two yep. series. Um, let's go to the next one: Zack Snyder. Unless you, what do you think? Nine. Luke Cage, right. Daughters of the Dragon. Yeah, that was that, it. All right. <laughs> let's get these chimos quick. We got two of. to go. <laughs> Zack Snyder has been very vocal on his Vero account, revealing details about Batman v Superman with a lot of questions. Was that Jason Todd suit? Was the Flash scene real? Why did Batman have that spear? I mean, there's so many things that are coming out about this Snyder cut, and not only the Snyder cut, but his interpretation and all the little Easter eggs and things that he set up to make Justice League Part One and Two, which now go into the history books of never to be made or seen in the you know whatever was going to happen with Darkseid, we don't know. So he's sort of having fun on this Vero account, just kind of dropping little nuggets like, oh yeah, and this was oh that's not oh, you thought that was Jason Todd, that's actually Grayson. What do you think about the future of us seeing the Snyder cut, Amy? Are we going to see it? What? How does every conversation come back to whether we're seeing the Snyder Cut of Justice League? Just has to. Uh, I, I give up. If it's ever available, I will read its description or watch it or whatever. Uh, I don't think that it exists as a coherent movie, but I do think that we will end up learning a lot about what those plans were and then arguing about it for the rest of our lives. Right on. What do you think? I think the only way we see the Snyder Cut of Justice League is if they do a thing 10 years 20 years from now, like the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. And we will get a very unfinished thing that goes to Blu-ray or digital download. Right. Because there's enough interest in it that I think it would sell well. I really do. But I think we're too close to it. I think Warner Brothers right now is like, no, 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 no. We are not putting out because we are not going to admit that we made a bad decision with the release of Justice League. We are 100% right. All those people who have jobs now all have to have either gotten their golden parachutes, Quit, been retired. But yeah, but watch Snyder yeah. like 20 years from now be like, and make it a stipulation in his contract. Be like, yeah, I'll do that movie for you if I get the Snyder cut. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, there is, there is, a, there is precedent for it. Uh, there's a Days of Future Past rogue cut. Mm-hmm. Right. They cut Rogue's involvement out of that movie, and then they put it out as a Blu-ray. They had it as a digital download. I mean, it really, I think it really depends, and a lot of people don't quite get this, is how much money, effects-wise or whatever, it's going to cost to finish the film. Oh, you're, you're, you're yeah. talking so, like, about detailed art book is more likely to me. Oh, right. Sure. There, there is an enormous amount of enormous expenditure involved 
you'd have to take an entirely new film through post. You'd have to finish the effects. I mean, you're probably into six figures in terms of millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, I I personally would just rather see them reboot the Justice League and make a new new one in five years. The thing is, the cast is so good. Yeah. I really love that cast. They're and, well cast. And I, I you know, we've got Wonder Woman, we've got Aquaman coming out. If Aquaman is a huge hit, which I think it might be because I've heard nothing but good things. I know that other people have heard different things. But if it's a huge hit, maybe you've got Wonder Woman 2 and Aquaman coming out. Why not? All right. Well, let's end this show on a good note. We got Why the Last Man. It's yes! finally happening. It's ordered to pilot by FX. FX seems to be doing things right. We've got Ida Curl with Michael Green as the showrunners. What are your thoughts, Amy? Why the Last Man? We've been talking about this since the book came out. Why is it not a movie? I mean, what do you think? I think it's actually happening. Uh, and I am excited. I, I took a little bit of look into the showrunners' pedigrees. They look awesome. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm. I, I'm so excited for the show, y'all. How about you, Jason? I think you're right. I think this is probably going to happen. I think we'll at least see a... I think they'll at least make a pilot. Right. We don't know whether it'll actually be picked up or not, <clears throat> but um, I think this is the best thing for Why the Last Man because um, I don't know if you could get the scope of Why the Last Man over a series of movies, but right. through a television series, I think you can. Yes. Most definitely. I was always against them doing it as a TV series. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a movie. I remember Shia LaBeouf was... Supposedly going to yep. be playing. Although I've I've read, I got a chance to read the uh, Brian K. Vaughn's movie script for right. Why the Last Man, the first movie. It was actually really good. It well, was really good, but I'm still happy that's going to be on television. Makes sense. I mean, if he wrote it, yeah. I mean, he's the guy who wrote mm-hmm. the, the, the comic. What do you? Well, think? I think the, the the greatest thing this show has going for it is the 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 time that we're in now. I mean, it's it's literally a series about all the men are gone except one and his monkey. Right, you know, and what's going to happen, and and we can examine all of these hot button issues that the the time that we've had to have the, this this discussion and what's going on now had to happen, but why not have a TV series that reflects all of that, and in in all of its many permutations? I mean, yeah. it's a no brainer. Yeah, Let's and FX seems out. to be uh, doing a good job. They're le- you know letting people do what they need to do, whether it's baskets or whether it's Legion. So I'm happy that it's on and FX. First of all, what if you get like a bunch of creators? What if the show is they talk about you have women directors and women writers? I'm I would be very uh, interested to see what they bring to this material that goes above and beyond the source material and what kind of things we would see. Definitely. Well, with that last note, we're wrapping up our show. Thanks, Robert, Jason, Amy, for rocking on the show. I'm John. You'll see me back on Wednesday on Heroes. Later. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.